Good morning again, and thanks for joining us this morning. I am Pastor Jeff Strong, and this is sort of the online offering of our message portion of our regular service. Uh, I don't know if this is weird for you guys. It is definitely kind of weird for me. I am here in an empty church, and it's encouraging to know there's a number of you watching because, uh, man, it feels very strange to be preaching to a camera. Uh, let me open in prayer, and then we'll turn in our Bibles to Romans 12. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this technology that allows connection and teaching and discipleship and growth and mission to continue uh, on Sunday morning. And I just pray that as we look at your word, as we open ourselves up to your truth, that you would strengthen us, open the eyes of our hearts to see you at work in our own lives and make us attentive to your spirit's prompting. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Okay, Romans 12 is where we're going to be kind of landing for most of the day, but I'm going to start in a different 12. You can jump over here if you want. That's Hebrews 12, but you don't have to because I'm going to move right into Romans 12 pretty quickly. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And with that goal in mind, I started a New Year's series called Reset, and the goal is to learn habits and practices that will steadily lead us into recovery and renewal and restoration. In the first week, we looked at Jesus and his offering of the great reset, the invitation to be born again and to be sealed and empowered by God's spirit. But we also talked about the fact that there has to be additional resets in our Christian lives, even after that great reset, where we have to continually turn to Jesus, turn back to Jesus, get on the right path, lay aside those things that have become a hindrance to us walking with God faithfully. Second week, we looked at kingdom essentialism, that I, I think it's fair to say scripture pushes us towards acknowledging there are three essentials upon which everybody who claims to follow Jesus has to be unified in their, um, unified on on the same page in terms of this is essential for anybody who calls himself a disciple. We're given the essential pursuit in Matthew 6, 33, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're given the essential priority that comes out of the Ten Commandments and that, get echoed, and that gets echoed throughout the New Testament, which is we put God first. God's a priority, and we are vigilant to make sure there's no other competing priorities encroaching on that place of first allegiance. And then we're given an essential command. Comes out of the Old Testament, Jesus fuses two passages together and says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, there's nothing more essential than these commands. And these commands don't just become the way to evaluate what we do, but how we do it. We're learning through these essential things to not just do the right thing, but to do them in the right way, in the power and peace and love of God, increasingly conformed to the character of Jesus so that the light and the life of Jesus gets expressed and manifested through my life. As we continue to learn about the habits that lead to recovery and renewal and restoration, we come to a topic today that's pretty personal for me. Um, because of all the areas that I'm covering in this series, this is the one that God has challenged me 
the most in over the last two to three months, maybe. And that topic is developing a kingdom mindset. Everybody has a mindset, right? Uh, A mindset is a mental attitude or a disposition that determines a person's response to situations and events and their interpretation of those situations and events. And so every day, whether you realize it or not, you you are setting your mind in a certain direction. And as you move through your day, that mindset is going to powerfully shape how your day unfolds. Because again, it's going to shape how you interpret and respond to all the events in your life. So here's a really basic example, right? If you set your mind at the start of the day to say, I'm going to be a blessing to everybody that I come across today. I might not be able to do it in a big way, but even if it's a small little nudge, I'm going to seek to be a blessing to everybody that I come in contact with today. That's a mindset. If person B wakes up and says, I am going to go through my day noticing where people don't bless me, noticing where people fail me, noticing where people let me down. Those are two mindsets that will powerfully color how you experience that day. Another example is sort of similar to that. If you set your mind at the start of the day to be open and mindful to the blessings in your life and to give thanks to God for them throughout the day, that's a very different mindset than setting your mind on complaining about what you lack, what's not there, the deficiencies that you perceive, the entitlements that you think uh, you deserve but aren't showing up. Now, of course, when we get up and out of bed, we we usually aren't consciously taking a moment to say, okay, I'm setting my mind in this direction today. It tends to be pretty reflexive for most of us. We all sort of default to a mindset that was received and reinforced, maybe in our family of origin or other significant experiences in our life. And that lack of awareness, being unaware that we're actually setting our mind every day can be really devastating to our walk with Christ. Because if you remain unaware of the mindset that you default to, we're unaware of one of the most significant factors that will transform and facilitate us, holds the power to transform and facilitate our walking into and experiencing deep, abundant life in Jesus. So as we open our Bibles to Romans 12, this is going to be a familiar passage to many of us who have been a part of uh, the church for a number of years or even a number of decades, but I think there's going to be some nuances here that are new and I think hopefully challenging to all of us. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here in Romans, when it talks about the renewing of your mind, mind here is a word that refers to way, a way of thinking. It's not your brain, as we would think of like a physical object. It's a mental disposition. And it's a synonym for a mindset. 
be transformed by the renewing of your mindset. And the word renewing is a strong word. It means to cause something to become new and different. The implication is it's not just a lateral movement of difference or it's different in a bad way, but it's actually different in a superior way. It's an upgrade. So we're seeing here an invitation to be transformed, which is to have our lives move to a new level of depth and richness through the renewing of our mindset, the way that we set ourselves to move into our days, our weeks, our months, our life. Now, first of all, I think what's really critical here is to note that this command is given to serious and established Christians. And you know this because if you try and read through the book of Romans, six, it is 16 chapters of very dense and at times incredibly complex theology. So we can infer from that that these were not a group of baby Christians. Paul is trusting that they can grapple with his complex theology. But he still calls them in chapter 12 to grow into a richer, more Christ-like mindset so that they can know God's will and live according to it. And I don't want us to miss the implication because I've missed it in this passage over and over and over again throughout my life. Growth and transformation of our minds, the renewal of our minds, isn't something that we just relegate to a certain stage of life or stage of faith development. Oh, uh, when I became a Christian, that first year or two, like God just totally transformed my thinking. That might be true, but we talk about it as if it's a past tense thing that God did, not a past tense thing that God started and continues to do. Or we think, yeah, they're kind of like that 18 to 25, 30 30 years window. That's a big worldview formation time. That's when you're really kind of working out what your mindset is going to be for your life. And then you just kind of coast for the rest of your life. Making little amendments here and there, but transformation, renewal, mm, that's kind of localized to that stage of life. No. Paul is saying to serious and established Christians continually participate in the renewing of our mindset is about as foundational as it gets as it relates to following Jesus. Our mindsets need to be renewed continually throughout our lives, not just the basic content of we used to be far from God and maybe God was off our radar and now we've been sensitized to God and the things of God and we're more, um, more God thoughts pop into our head. Yes, Yes, content, that is part of the renewing of our mind, but the renewal is also, about, is also about a renewal in the totality of how we see and understand God, how we understand ourselves and our core relationships and our place in the world. That renewal is meant to lead us into a deeper and more focused um, lifestyle around, built around the essentials, right? Those things that I talked about last week, the essential pursuit and priority and command given to us by God. And to do those things increasingly, skillfully, and wholeheartedly, not mechanically, not out of rote religiosity, 
but there's a ever-widening circling in depth and breadth that's happening as we allow ourselves to be continually transformed by God's Spirit, as Jesus does his work in us through his word, by his Spirit, and then we come more and more alive to who he is and what he calls us to be. Again, look at that verse, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mindset. If I was paraphrasing that, it would sound something like, don't stay stuck in the patterns that keep you under sin's influence and power. Be renovated by the renewing of your mindset. There's an invitation here to adopt not just a different mindset, but a kingdom mindset, one that's built upon the word of God and God's power and grace. Romans 8 tells us that the mind, same word there, synonymous with mindset, the mindset that is governed by the flesh, that is our natural disposition and desires to reject and ignore God, that mindset is death. That's the fruit that comes from that mindset. But the mindset governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so if we want to develop a mindset that leads us into life and peace and away from death, we have to learn what it means to adopt a kingdom mindset. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mindset. I'll confess, I'm one of those many Christians who was introduced to that verse very early on and then stayed at a fairly superficial understanding of its implications for my life. To be transformed by the renewing of our minds, for me at least, was understood as little more than adopting new beliefs and true beliefs about Jesus, God, the Bible, faith, uh, and as I learned new bits of Bible trivia or truths about what it means to follow Jesus, I would add that to the, the folder saying, you know, I'm a Christian, got to um, add these to my current mindset. And so for many of us, we've been unconsciously trained to think of Romans 12 too, as principally dealing with what we think about, adopting God's truths and rejecting the world's lies. Uh, there's an element of truth there, of course. Of course that's a central element of what it means to be transformed. But Romans 12, 2 is speaking to something much broader and bigger. It's also addressing the fact that transformation is going to mean a change in how we actually think and process things. Transformation isn't simply the result of new content, but it's a resetting of our natural mindsets that have become second nature to us. What's interesting to me is that we've learned through psychology over the last number of decades that it's possible for the average person even to reset their mindset. And that can have profoundly positive implications for their life. There's a psychologist, Dr. Carolyn Dweckt, sorry, Dr. Carol Dweckt, and she is the founder of the Growth Mindset Movement. And her research focuses on the difference between a fixed mindset 
versus a growth mindset and how to help people transition from one to the other at any stage of life, at any age. And her research into the psychology of mindsets and how they color and shape our lives, our self-understanding, our sense of purpose and confidence in the world, in our place in the world, she describes the two mindsets like this. She says, a fixed mindset leaves individuals believing that only talent and a certain set of circumstances are gonna to lead to success. And this mindset instantly holds individuals back from succeeding. In contrast to this, those who have a growth mindset will believe that they have the agency to make real change in their life and they seek out opportunities. They want to grow, they want to improve. And these individuals don't hold themselves back as they pursue what matters most to them. I'm gonna just step off the stage for a moment and show you a short video that provides a really good overview of Carol Dweck's work and its implications for our lives. Here's why this is so personal for me. Um, I'm gonna remember 2020 for a lot of things, but it's definitely going to be the year that I'm gonna look back on and remember how God used the circumstances in my life and the challenges that I was facing to reveal to me the immaturity and futility of my default mindset. This is the year that I came to see how much of my life was really colored and shaped by a fixed mindset and how that's really out of alignment with what Jesus is inviting me into. And as that re realization grew, it was really challenging because I had to reckon with the fact that my mindset was keeping me stuck in so many areas of my life and holding me back from right sense God leading me, progressing towards focusing more on those essential things that I talked about last week. And as I began to become aware of those patterns of my mindset and how they were holding me back, it was really shocking and embarrassing and at times discouraging. It led to a lot of times of me just kind of feeling sad at um, what felt to me in the moment is squandered opportunities. So somewhere in December, I made it an essential area of focus in this new calendar year, 2021, to really begin building a growth mindset centered on the Word of God, what I would call a kingdom mindset. And for me, Hebrews 12 and Romans 12 are these two scriptures that work together really powerfully, challenging me to throw off hindrances like a fixed mindset, maybe not in my whole life, but in certain areas. Throw those things off so that I can run freely and well. I can eliminate all the obstacles 
that are standing in my way externally or internally and pursue Jesus more fully. I thought of Romans 8, and I thought, I want a mindset that is governed by God and his spirit and his word, not, the, uh, nat- not my natural default that has been inherited from broken people and broken systems and a broken past and broken history. And as I've begun to take those steps, and I'm pretty early into this journey in a lot of ways, uh, I want to be pretty clear about that. But as I've begun taking those steps, it, it has been amazing. I mean, it really, really has. And I don't want to exaggerate what I've experienced over the last few months, but I think I can say that I am, I've never been more excited about the future. I feel like a whole new way of experiencing God, honoring God, um, enjoying Him is opening up to me. And it's, it's really, really awesome. Now, next week, I want to look at a case study in the Bible that can teach us a lot about this kind of kingdom mindset and what it sort of looks like in the flesh. But for now, I want to leave you with uh, two reflections, two supports, two takeaways for how to begin building this growth mindset in your life. And these two little habits will really help you take a step in cooperating with God's Spirit in the transformation that he wants to bring about in our lives as we, allowed, as we allow our mindsets to be renewed. And these are sort of my framing of the two foundational characteristics of a growth mindset that Carol Dweck offers after decades of research. And the good news is they're both grounded in God's word, even though I, I don't know where uh, Dr. Dweck is in terms of her own faith journey. Um, but they're grounded in scripture and they are mental habits that you could start today. And within a few days, within a few weeks, they will help build real momentum in your life. It's not just pop psychology tips and tricks. These are a different way of setting your mind towards God's essentials. The first thing is a growth mindset is characterized by seeing effort and difficulty as opportunities for growth. A growth mindset sees effort and difficulty as opportunities for growth. Now you think, okay, that's not revolutionary. Become aware of of how often um, your reaction, your emotional reaction on the inside when having to exert effort and when coming up against a hardship or a difficulty is that this is a threat that needs to be avoided. Because that's the manifestation of a fixed mindset. A growth mindset says, when I have to apply myself in a difficult challenge and I have to really lean into things and pray and ponder and learn new skills, yeah, it's hard, but it's also exciting because I'm discovering new things about myself and God and other people. That's a growth mindset. A fixed mindset says, I want to avoid challenges at all costs. I want to avoid hardships. I want to avoid suffering. But Carol Dweck says, a growth mindset transforms the meaning of effort and difficulty. These things are no longer things to be avoided. They're things to be embraced. Yes, we might not embrace them with tremendous cheer, depending on the particular challenge. 
But we realize on some level and we reframe the challenges to say, I'm going to enter this challenge. I'm going to take it on with God's help. And I know that because of that, this is going to be a huge area of growth and development for me. And that's exciting. Now, for those who have ears to hear, doesn't that sound a lot like James 1, verses 2 to 4? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, a fixed mindset for a believer might look like, well, if God really loved me and if God was really at work and if I was a really strong Christian, I, would, I wouldn't be facing anything difficult. I wouldn't have any challenges. God would just give, be giving me victory, 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 victory. My spiritual life would look like an upward progression of ease and blessing. No. The New Testament counsels us to say, consider it joy when you have to go through times of testing and trial and difficulty because that's going to produce a fruit in you that can't be produced in any other way. So it doesn't mean that you're necessarily happy about what's happening, but you can dig underneath that and say, a kingdom mindset will say, oh, God's at work. I I don't know where this is going. I don't know how this is going to lead to deeper maturity, but like, okay, God, let's go. I want to cooperate. So the first is that we look at effort and difficulty and challenges in our lives as opportunities instead of threats. Just a little reframing. The second characteristic is that we see potential to grow. And you can Google Dr. Carol Dweck and find a really good, relatively short TED Talk called The Power of Yet. And it's one of the most powerful tools that she has found to teach um, uh, school children, especially those from uh, really challenged backgrounds who might have a very fixed mentality of their capacities and abilities intellectually. And what she teaches them is to turn phrases that are declarative of their perceived failure into a celebration of inevitable success. Here's what that looks like. She might be dealing with a student who says, I'm just not good at math. And what she will teach them is to say, that's a fixed mindset. Do you want to know how to change it into a growth mindset that actually makes a huge difference in how you physiologically and mentally respond? I'm not good at math yet. I'm not good at math yet. And she says the power of yet is that it teaches you consciously and subconsciously to see your potential to grow beyond your current place. It teaches you not to see your life as simply all or nothing. Am I achieving or am I not? Am I good at this or am I not? I'm not good at this. You can be honest with yourself. I'm not good at this yet. And I think there's a complementary principle that Paul lays out in Philippians 4. Again, another familiar verse, especially at the end. But listen for some new insights and some new nuance in the context of a growth mindset. Paul's writing to the Philippians from jail, and he says, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances Because I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I've learned the secret of being content in all situations, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living with a lot or a little. I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. 
Look at the way that argument is phrased. The Apostle Paul says, I have learned, that's in verse 11. He says, I didn't know this when I became a Christian. And when I became a Christian, we don't know how long he struggled with, oh, I don't know how to do this, but I'm learning. I have learned that I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. That's really hopeful, right? Paul came to the faith as a very smart, very accomplished, um, very worldwide person. And yet, he came as a student saying, I've got a lot to learn. And there would have been a point in his journey that if you would have said, Paul, do you know how to do all things in Jesus? Do you know how to move into the future with God's power and peace, just like like a shield around you? Do you know how to walk like that in Jesus? And he would have been honest and said, nope, not yet. Not yet, but I'm learning. And here he says, I have learned. And that's to me, is so hopeful because it means that no matter where you are right now, doesn't matter your age, your stage of life, how long you've been following Jesus, or how meager those first steps into the Christian journey have been, you can learn to live into the power and peace of Jesus, regardless of what else is happening in your life. And that's because Jesus, by his word, through his spirit, is empowering us. He's animating a new kind of life within us. He's he's nudging us, and maybe in some cases pushing us, towards growth and maturity. Jesus wants to renew your mindset so that you can follow him to new places and good places. And let that be an encouragement because that means if you are stuck inside of a certain hindrance or a sin or just a pattern that is discouraging or embarrassing, disheartening, it's not because you're a failure. It just means that you haven't learned how to follow Jesus out of that pattern, out of that hindrance yet. But you can. And even Leveraging that little word, yet, acts as a kind of prayer of hopefulness, a prayer of petition that says, God, I do believe you can lead me out of this mess, this tangle, this brokenness. And so we turn self-defeating ideas that don't honor God's power in our lives into something hopeful, right? You haven't learned to effectively parent and mentor your teen yet. You haven't learned how to get out from under bad spending habits and debt yet. You haven't learned how to work through that place of wounding and unforgiveness yet. You haven't learned how to engage God's word in a way that is really exciting and really meaningful to you yet. You haven't learned how to have a deep and satisfying marriage relationship yet. You haven't learned how to get past that ensnaring sin or habit yet. But you can. Paul says, I have learned. There was a point in time where I didn't know, and then I learned it. And now I know how to walk into the future with God's power and peace. That's the power of yet. That's the power of understanding that God is in the business of growing us up 
not just at strategic points along our journey, but through the whole thing. And that, that word yet becomes even more powerful, I think, as a Christian, because you realize, oh, this isn't just a self-help project. I'm not just trying to hack my brain and come up with uh, and leverage pop psychology to uh, make some uh, good amendments and adjustments. I'm actually opening up a deeper and richer and more expansive possibility because Christ is at work and lives in me. And so when I say, I haven't gotten there yet, I'm reminding myself, turn to Jesus, ask for his help, humble yourself, ask questions, learn, grow. He's going to lead you there. So this week I want to give you two challenges to just move into and out of these habits. So the first is just become aware of how you see difficulties and challenges, whether it's a flat tire, you stub your toe, uh, plans, you know, by your, 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 your day's ambitions and goals by 10 o'clock are totally thrown out the window for whatever reason. Whatever the daily challenges are, just become aware of how you react to them. Do you want to give up? Do you want to shrink and just fall into bed and start all over? Do you turn to numbing behavior? Um, are you angry? Those are all the manifestation of a fixed mindset. When we react negatively to difficulties and challenges, we set ourselves up for failure. So what we want to do is begin building awareness on how we can say, okay, this is not going my way, but how do I see it as an opportunity to grow, to learn, to adapt? And then number two, start leveraging the power of yet in your everyday language and self-talk. Just become aware of how you talk to yourself, how you frame things, and your circumstances. And instead of kind of ending the internal conversation with these declarations of failure, I'll never be good at this, I'll never be able to, God could never use me, uh, I am not able to accomplish X, Y, and Z, leverage the power of yet. And remember Paul's words when he says, I have learned. And I think he would say, if I've learned how to do it, you can learn how to do it. Because he calls himself at one point the chief of sinners, the most hardened, foolish, rebellious sinner in history. And so Paul's encouragement to us would be, hey guys, if I can learn it, you can too. Hebrews 12.1 calls us to lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And we do that by cooperating with God so that he can transform us by the renewing of our mindsets. Hope that sounds good to you. Hope it's an encouragement. Let me send you off with a blessing on your week. As you go, family and friends of Nelson Covenant Church, may you continue to lay aside every hindrance and sin that keeps you from pursuing God's kingdom essentials. And may you continue to be transformed by the renewing of your mindset. And may you know that in developing a kingdom mindset, you can learn to do all things in God's power and peace, even if you haven't learned to do so yet. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless. Have a great day. Uh, there's a link in the Summit newsletter to join us at 10 for a short time of connection and communion. So you can gather the elements and then join us at that Zoom link 
at 10 a.m. See you then. Bye-bye.